So, as predicted, the minority failed to get a finance minister, Colonel Furiata, removed through a vote of censure. It was no surprise, as many predicted, that will happen. Now, there's a strong view out there that the political class in whom we have reposed tremendous powers to represent our interests have failed us, and in many cases represent more of their personal political interests. It is nothing to write home about, and Parliament, as we see it now, in my view, shouldn't be taken too seriously. It is worse than a charade. It is worse than that. Let's start from the speaker. It's like he was the maestro, like the whole thing was arranged. So the debate now come time to vote. Speaker says you are voting by voice vote. All those say, all them papers say, hey, hey. All of us, nay. Then the speaker realized that the, the, the sound is too close. So he want a no shout. I'm using your voice to decide. Why would you use your voice to decide such an important vote? But is it really the fault of the political class, considering that they are our employees? In any organization, if the employer fails without consequence, then the blame is borne wholly by the employer who neglects to sanction the failure of the employee. So tonight we ask, shouldn't the Ghanaian citizen, I mean you and myself, take full responsibility for the failure of the economy and not our political employees? Isn't it our docility as a people that has fueled the catastrophic failure of our political leaders? Now, the going assumption is that the political class, from the president to the MPs, continue to do what they do because they know that they will simply get away with it and that we Ghanaians will simply do nothing about it because, after all, the Ghanaian is by nature docile and unengaged. We are mostly spectators and rarely citizens. Well, listen, Ghanaians home and abroad will connect tonight to discuss and reflect. Connectors will connect shortly after the break. Variety is the spice of life, which is why Vodafone has refreshed your favorite red office, giving you more talk time to other networks, more data, flexibility to purchase a bundle for family or friends, and even to purchase multiple bundles without losing the other. Simply dial star 200 hash today to subscribe to the bundle of your choice and enjoy longer conversations on calls to other networks. Vodafone Red Office gives you more value. Vodafone. Further together. Symphonic Music and Concepts Ghana presents Symphonic Gospel Meets Orchestra 2022. An unforgettable night of your favorite worship songs reimagined with an orchestral influence. You don't want to miss this year's Symphonic Gospel Meets Orchestra as it promises to be a spirit-staring experience with heaven. Dunsino Yikan, Joe Metal, Perez Music, F.A. Grace, Mimi Tinkrang, Alice Yoliswa, and Prince Denzel will lead us as we send up fragrant songs of praise. 
11th December, 5 p.m. Venue, Gamashi Hall, Bukum Sports Complex. Ticket, 150 Ghana City Standard, 250 Ghana Cities VIP. Buy your ticket. Dial star 713 star 33 star 599 hash. Visit our website, symphonicmusicgh.org. Other ticket outlets, Vida Cafe, Junction Mall, Laboni, East Lagon, Stambic Heights, and Accra Mall. Nunu Essentials, East Lagon, Nalem Clothing, Accra Mall. For sponsorship and further information, contact us on 0263-170-457. Follow us on IG, Symphonic underscore music. Facebook, Symphonic Music GH. Hi, I'm DJ Drogba. On average, 250,000 people die on the road in Africa each year. This breaks my heart knowing that so many deaths would have been avoided. Follow these safe steps and help save lives. Make sure you stick to speed limits. Their deaths protect you and others. Slow down at high-risk areas like junctions, sharp turns, and before traffic lights. And watch out for pedestrians, cyclists, and animals. To avoid collisions, keep a safe distance. And remember the three-second rule. Pick out an object and count to three. If you pass the object before the count of three, you're far too close. We all have a role to play in road safety. Together, let's make Africa's road safer. This announcement is brought to you by the Prudence Foundation in partnership with the FIA Action for Road Safety, Prudential Life Insurance Ghana, and the DDA Drogba Foundation. The other day, I visited Kweku at his spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed. The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secrets, hmm. He said, it's MTN Business Broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. (laughs) To enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.ga and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osuakwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD Campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 764209 or 762792 visit our website 
At Allianz Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.allianz-gh.com for more inquiries. Allianz Life. We secure your future. Mobile money be more, but you why all this noise? Charlie, I download and register for Ghana Pay Mobile Money yesterday. Eh? Bro, I feel send and receive money at zero transaction fees, five airtime and data, transfer money in and out of my bank account, and do so much more. I say, you sure, senior? Just dial star seven zero seven hash to register for Ghana Pay or download the Ghana Pay app from the Play Store or App Store. Me feel Ghana Pay Mobile Money rock. Ghana Pay, your money, your way. This service is powered by Gibbs. When everything works in your car, it all sounds so smooth. But when you replace them with inferior parts, it doesn't quite sound the same. Get original Peugeot and Citroen parts and expert servicing from Silver Star Auto. The official distributor for Citroen and Peugeot in Ghana. Visit silverstar.com.gh or follow us on social media for more details. And you are live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. My name is Evans Mensah. I have a statement. First statement. The Ghanaian citizen must take full responsibility for the failure of the economy and not our political leaders. It is our docility that has fueled the catastrophic failure of our political leaders. Second statement. The Ghanaian is by nature docile and unengaged. We are mostly spectators and rarely citizens. So these two are the going assumptions. Do you agree? We will discuss very shortly. But the failure of the minority yesterday in parliament to remove the finance minister through a vote of censure was one that was anticipated. For many, it was nothing more than a nicely choreographed charade. It is worse than a charade. It is worse than that. Let's start from the speaker. It's like he was a maestro. Like the whole thing was arranged. So the debate now comes time to vote. Speaker says you are voting by voice vote. All those say, all them papers say, hey, hey, all of us, nay. Then the speaker realized that the, the, the sound is too close. So you want a no sound. I'm using your voice to decide. Why would you use your voice to decide such an important vote? Our hopes have been that, and it appears that the current hung parliament is even more toothless than its predecessor institution that has clear ruling party dominance. 
As far as I'm concerned, it is decidedly clear that the current Hank Parliament cannot be taken serious as it has the penchant for raising hopes of its constituents and failing to live according to the expectations of the people. Starting with the minority group, you know, indeed, their symbolic performance created an avenue for Korea to rather put itself mostly um, by even courting public sympathy for himself. So to my mind, the minority group, they either do not mean what they say and must not be taken seriously, or they lack the needed competence to function in the kind of hung parliament that Ghanaians both um, created as per the 2020 parliamentary election. But really, is it the fault of the minority? Is it even the fault of the MPs, because remember, both sides agree on one thing, that Keanu Ferreira should not be in charge of this economy. They just disagreed on how to get him out. One side wanted voter censure. The other side wanted to trust the president who appointed him to remove him. Um, but what did you do about it? Is it really the fault of these MPs, the political class, considering that they are our employees, we employ them? And you know what they say in the corporate world? People you employ, they do what you inspect, not what you expect. We expected somehow when the majority side, the MPP side came out and held the press conference that they don't want it, blah, blah, blah. We expected somehow that somehow the system will work finally and sanction and, and punish the finance minister for leading us into this current ditch. We expected it. But did we expect that that actually happened? In any organization, if the employer, another one, if the employer fails, and remember that, as I said, the president, we employed him. The MPs, we employed them. The ministers, we employed them. And we paid them without tax pay, without, without taxes, right? If you take Ghana as an organization, if this employer fails, as some of you believe they have, but there's no consequence, then who do you blame? Don't you blame the employer who neglects to sanction? So tonight, we, we will ask, shouldn't the Ghanaian citizen, I mean you and myself, take full responsibility for the failure of the economy and, and not our political employees? Isn't it our docility as a people that has fueled the catastrophic failure of our political class because they know they can get away with it, as has been said? That is a going assumption. Is that a political class from the president to the MPs continue to do what they do because they know they can get away with it? Because after all, the Ghanaian by nature is docile and unengaged. We are mostly spectators, rarely citizens. It is this president who, at his inaugural address, said something that always rings in my head. He wanted citizens. He didn't want spectators. I mean, he, there was a reason why he put that in his speech, because I think he is a politically astute individual. He had grown in an environment, leading Kumipreko and struggling to mobilize people and to get Ghanaians to, to join the protest. He, he possibly have grown in this environment, just grown accustomed to Ghanaians being spectators. So when he became president, he, was, he, he made sure that he included it, that under my watch, I want you to stop being... Spectators, I want you to be citizens, active, engaged. Unfortunately, we haven't delivered that for him. And why are we surprised that the economy is where we are today? 
Those are assumptions. Let's discuss. We put up a poll, and I want to start from there because my connectors are joining me in the studio right now and across the world uh, for Ghana Connect, as we always do, uh, Ghanaians, women abroad. But also, I want to tap into the African question. Is it maybe an African thing? Will this happen anywhere else in the world such that you have, an, well, let's see, the UK is an example, right? Where the finance minister was in, they didn't even care that he's been in for days. One wrong move, one wrong budget, that led to the market reacting negatively and Kwesi Kwating, well, another Ghanaian, by the way, well, Ghanaian in name, was gone. He was gone. He didn't only go, he was gone with the prime minister who appointed him. That is the UK. It is in Europe. It's the West. It's not Ghana. It is not Africa. So... I want to tap into my connectors. We are not going to do some. We are going to do some, put the mirror in front of us and do a reflection. We, we bash the politicians enough. What about ourselves? If we stand in the mirror, who do you see? Yakub Moro, uh, chair of the African Diaspora Forum, a South Africa branch and founder of the Concerned Ghanaians in the Diaspora. He connects from South Africa. Hello, Yakub. Hello, sir. How are you? I am fantastic, Yakub. Thanks for connecting. Uh, Dr. Solomon Owusu yeah, is a mining consultant in the U.S. and he connects uh, from New Jersey. Hello, Doc. Hello, sir. Great, Doc. Thanks for connecting. Uh, Mohammed is a Nigerian journalist. Oh, he's a friend of the show indeed. He connects via Zoom. I, I wonder what the situation is in Nigeria. Maybe Nigeria is doing far better than us uh, because I know Nigerians they don't they, they don't they don't lie down. Um, hello, Mohammed. Hey, Charlie. Long time no talk. <laughs> yes, you, you know, yes, be, before yes. I even I go on, to, let me introduce the other connectors and I'll come to you because I need to hear you first. I, I want to start off by getting the picture of what Nigeria looks like now when the globe is struggling economically. A. King Sopoku is a former student leader at the University of Ghana and connects uh, via Zoom. Hello, A. Kings. Yeah, hello, Evans. Hi, nice to connect. And Nana Say Siama is economic and policy analyst for the Economic Fighters League. Listen, I, I, I can't wait to hear his thoughts on this. Remember, they, they started this whole protest movement with the fix the country, you know. I mean, they wanted to be engaged citizens. They wanted to be, uh, they wanted to banish the ghosts of the spectator. Uh, and, and so they started it off. And, and so w- where are they? What happened to fix the country? And Nana, thanks for connecting the studio. Uh, you good? Yeah, you also wearing your beret. Yeah, man. We need to just wear the beret anyway. I we see. Go. I mean, so that's what it's come to. I mean, <laughs> you know, the activists who only wears beret, but uh, yeah, yeah, basically the activism. Well, well, it seems like um, Ghanaians are, you know, gradually recognizing us in the sense that you know when you put on this beret, it seems like everywhere you go. You are accorded all the respect. Well, they knew like, you are I guess really it's, pushing not, for it's something. not so much about the berets, but what, what you actually do. What we stand resolved. for. I mean, when you see this beret, you know we are in for serious business. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll <laughs> talk about that. Cuckoo, uh, hey, by the way, Cuckoo Shen, um, private legal uh, consultant in the UK, uh, connects in the studio. Hello, Cuckoo. Hello. Great, great to have you, you connect with us. Listen, I said I'll start with the post, so let's do that. But first, I want to hear from uh, my, my Nigerian friend, uh, Mohammed. Mohammed, let me start with very quickly. I mean, here in Ghana, we are looking for an IMF bailout. Secondly, the government has announced a debt exchange program. Um, you know, we are about defaulting, so they want to avert that from happening. So, you know, people are taking haircuts on their interests, etc. Uh, the inflation is over 40%. The CD is depreciating, although it's been improving over the last few days. Uh, 
Charlie, times are hard, rough in Ghana. What, what is the situation in Nigeria, very briefly? Yeah, I think it's uh, almost a similar situation. I see Nigeria and Ghana, as you look, like I keep saying every time, like a Siamis twins. You know, uh, even though our own inflation rate is at least around 25%, uh, but we've been embroiled in debt as well to international donors and international financial institutions. And again, uh, you know, one of our biggest challenges is the fact that uh, in Nigeria, we've had uh, for the past five, six, seven, eight years and counting, we've had um, two different uh, foreign exchange rates. We have the you know, exchange rate by the government and then we have what we call the black market rate, which is like almost two times the official rate. So, you know, and this like created a window for people to make quick money, particularly even those in government who have access to foreign exchange. People get these uh, dollars and then come to the what we call aboki here, the black market, and then, you know, sell it off almost twice, you know, the amount of the official uh, uh, foreign exchange and make millions or even billions in a matter of hours sabotaging the economy but be that that is me uh, we also have a whole lot of cha- challenges I must tell you Evans because you know we have at least about 133 million Nigerians according to government statistics now not even private agencies or international agencies no Nigerian government agencies uh, the MBS here what we call them They've issued out the data to say we have about 133 million Nigerians from the 200 million plus below poverty line. That is about 65% of, you know, the population. That is staggering. You understand? But again, if I will come quickly to what you want to discuss generally uh, in terms of docility, uh, Nigerians, we, uh, we've been taking it with a pinch of salt, but really, what can we do? Uh, I'm sure you recall in two years ago what we protested about the NSAS, which was primarily around, you know, the security agencies, um, malhandling citizens. Uh, we also, also have, uh, uh, you know, economic, uh, backlash, you know, you know, but, but, but be that that is me, that has been like the major uh, uh, protest that Nigerians have gone out for. That, that, that actually produced direct results because it, it actually ended SARS. Yes, yes, yes. It ended SARS. But, but again, uh, if you look at the economic activities going on at the moment, seriously, is very challenging. Not as worse as what you have in Ghana because seriously, I quite understand what is going on. I have friends here and there in Ghana and it's been challenging. Like I know that so, to some extent you fuel your car with about a hundred dollar per week, you know. But that is not it's not that worse here in Nigeria. At least with less than uh, even twenty dollars, I still fuel my car to to take me around. Yeah, for yeah, even yeah, a yeah, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mohammed, rub it in. It's 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 okay. Rub it, rub it in, Mohammed. It's it's okay. It's okay, Mohammed. Yeah, we, we, we are not we are not we are not quarrelling. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, when we talk about the facility here, I think the best form is actually uh, what we what we should be talking about is how like uh, protest, protest. Yeah, is not really for me what I think is the best form of uh, of action. Seriously, because we've seen what's some protests that are not really uh, courted, some, some some protests that are not really. Uh, guarded what they cost. Even in Lagos, yeah, they cost a whole lot of havoc when they go out of hand. So what I would like implore is if we have the opportunity in terms of general elections, you know, I think these are the best places or these are the best avenue 
for us to either change government, to either change people that we feel are not doing well, rather than just uh, protest, protest. Because, like we know, most times in Africa, protests go out, go out of hand. Yeah, and then but, but Mohammed, actually you have actually started off. You actually started a very important conversation. We'll come to what forms of activism produces the best result, and the election argument is very interesting here in Ghana. We have, you know, caught, you know, numbers of both NDC and MPP who, whether they, you put a goat or sheep there, they'll vote for them. Um, is that part of our problem? I want to come to my connected, but before that, quickly, let's do our poll and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue from where, um, Mohammed has left us. Very interesting thoughts he's already introduced. I'll ask my connectors if they agree. So, so uh, Ernest, we, we put up a poll. What, what was the question? Yeah, we asked the question, and you've repeated it many times already. The Ghanaian citizen must take full responsibility for the failure of the economy and not our political leaders. It is our docility that has for the catastrophic failure of our political leaders. Do you agree? So, um, we have yes, no, I don't care. I will put that there deliberately, just, just to gauge something. Uh, yes, so far, 38%. Yes. So, yes, so that the Ghanaian is responsible. Okay. Yes, blame ourselves. We should blame, we should blame ourselves, ourselves for docile. exactly. Forty-six okay. percent uh, say no, the Ghanaian is not to blame, and we have sixteen percent saying they don't care. Ah, I mean, I think the sixteen percent says a lot. A lot. I mean, they, they, they just it, checked it's out. It's so telling you exactly. They checked out. I mean, I don't care who is to blame. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence. But but also the the the. the, the, the it's very close mm-hmm. between 38% people and 46 and 46%. I was expecting a bigger gap. I was telling more people to say, no, 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 it's, we are not docile. We are not docile I yeah. mean, you, you, you can't blame, I won't take any blame. The mm-hmm. politician and the people have elected, you know, but if you look at 38%, people saying, 38% of that yeah, number, 38% saying that we are to blame. In other words, they're accepting themselves mm-hmm. that they are. Um, they have not citizen. been citizens. Yeah, they've they not been, been citizens, spectators watching yeah. on and allowing the politicians to do what they want. Exactly. Uh, only forty-six uh, percent say uh, blame the politicians. Is this their fault? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And there's there's one comment in that that I, that I guess sums it up. Samuel Adler on Twitter yeah. says it couldn't be well captured. The very essence of our situation, of our situation currently, and I guess he voted yes. Uh, yes, I, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, let, let's bring our connectors in, into the conversation. It's Solomon, right? Um, yes, Solomon. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, and he's connecting from the US, yeah. and he will have to take leave of operation. Solomon, why do you stand on the question? Yeah, thank you so much, my brother. I think uh, it's not that uh, Ghanaians are docile or uh, always ready to absorb tough economy, but their hands are tied. This government has reinstated the quarter of silence, and it hits people who criticize the wrongs in the society or the wrongs in the government. Again, this government finds every means to frustrate and damage their critics because they think um you know, everything that you are doing is right. Let's start from the media. We see always that the media guys who normally criticize this government get frustrated, intimidated, and sometimes get killed. Anas is a typical example. Unnecessary arrests, like Kwabina Bubiansa, the way he was arrested, you know, in a mafia way. These are all situations that people can have the courage to face. 
Again, some of the media personalities seek financial favors from the politicians. Some even yearn for political appointments. And others feel that if they continue to criticize this government, they will not get such favors. Another um, good point is lawsuits. We see some of the media, you know, personalities dragged to the law courts. And some don't have the financial resources to pay for their legal services, pay for their lawyers, pay for the legal fees. So they decide to keep quiet. Fear of losing jobs. I was surprised to hear a lady coming out to say that the president himself picked a phone and called her boss to sack her. Well, we don't have we don't have evidence to support that. Um, you, you know, that somebody makes allegation. Uh, we don't have an evidence to support that, so we will we will not repeat things that we can back with evidence. But I get a general sense you're making, which is that there is a sense in the culture that it is it is uh, punitive to be an active, to be to be to be an activist, or to be let's put it as to be a citizen. That you'll be sanctioned. But you've been on the streets. Um, Solomon, stay with me. Let me come to the studio. Nana, you, you've been an activist. You've, you've tried very hard to, to be a citizen and not a spectator. Your red beret shows it. Do you agree with, with the views Solomon expressed that, that um, it, it isn't rewarding? The system finds a way to punish you if you step out to show that you are a citizen and not a spectator? Thank you very much, Evans. I think the problem we are having is ignorance. The ordinary Ghanaian, do we know our right as citizens? Do we know what we are supposed to do as citizens? I remember from the president's address, I think it was in 2017, right? Yes. When he said we should be citizens and not spectators. Yeah. The ordinary Ghanaian hasn't been taught how to be a citizen. Mm. We don't know. We don't know how to. There is, there is so much happening in this country, and I, and I feel like the ordinary Ghanaian doesn't know what they should do right now. Um, the economic model we are running... As a country, I mean, it's not far from what Nigeria is running. That's why we are having the same issue. That is why we are having the same interest rate, inflation, whatever issue. But the fact of the matter is, all these things are nonsense. We are having real economic problems. Um, what are the real economic problems I'm talking about? People are not getting food. People are not getting jobs. People are not able to fend for their family because... The, the, the financial capacity or the financial strength of the country has been given to the political parties. And it's a winner-takes-all thing. So when a government is in power, they control all means of economic activities. But how, how do they get into power? It isn't the citizens who put them there. Like I said, the citizens have been, haven't been taught how to be citizens. We, um, um, under this, this 1992 constitution, mm-hmm. we've been turned into voting machines. Every four years, you have to go and cast your vote and go back home and sit down and wait for the next four years. We don't know what to, what to do. I mean, um, we have been given that constitutional right to demonstrate, to protest when we are, we are being faced with these economic challenges. We have these rights. But when you try to enforce those rights, look at the, all the negative things, you know, the heckling by the police, you know, myself, I'm, Take it from me. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I've had encounters with police all the time. Even the recent uh, demonstrations, the demonstration with it. I have an encounter with the police, so, an altercation with the police. So let me clarify. Are you suggesting that <clears throat> the Ghanaian is docile and mostly a spectator because of ignorance? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Because, because you don't you don't miseducate somebody. 
from school and then expect the person to be a citizen when the person hasn't been taught how to be a citizen from school. Stay with me. Let me bring in Akins. Akins is a former student leader. Akins, you agree with that? Akins, please unmute if you have muted. I can hear you. Okay, if I don't have Akins, I'll, I'll go to Yakub, uh, who's uh, connecting with us uh, from, from South Africa. Uh, he's a branch and founder of the Concerned Guinness in the Diaspora. Uh, Yakub, do you agree with that view? Um, I the, do the, agree 100%. You, you do? Yeah, I do 100, okay. 100% agree. But there is more to it. You know, um, that I'm holding this. I don't know if you can capture me very well. This is a puzzle which I received from Ghana. Um, I'm just surprised as to the number of taxations you guys are being paid to the government in the country. But yet there's nothing better you guys are getting from the government. Yeah. On top here, I have National Health Insurance Levy. I'm not in the country, but I'm being tasked to pay this amount of money. Plus the COVID-19 levy. All this honestly doesn't make a single sense. Because we are all aware that the countries that were being hard hit by COVID, Ghana is totally out of it. South Africa is bad, but we don't have a COVID levy. So we ask ourselves, what is the government doing with all these levies? Let's remember, um, when COVID landed in Ghana, there was a mandatory COVID-19 test which any traveler coming into the country was supposed to undertake, which was uh, $150. There is no accountability on that. You understand? So a lot of things that is happening in the country, you are, um, like, you can't say anything as to um, what what is the expense of all those money. In South Africa, when we had COVID-19 in 20, uh, 2022, sorry, 2020, the president, Cyril Maposa, implemented a system whereby he was directly, uh, paying people who were staying home without having a job. Unemployed people were being paid 350 rands, which is about 260 Ghana City. That 350 rand, at the end of the month, you can buy 5 kg chicken plus maybe a 10 kg maize meat and then oil and then maybe some veggies, which can last you for a month. From tw- from two, uh, uh, 20, uh, sorry, since COVID came to date, they are still paying that 350 for every unemployed citizen. Remember, health is free in South Africa. Anyone who is sick in this country, any hospital, government hospital that you go, you don't pay a single cent. You understand? But yet, they are living comfortable. So why is the government of Ghana using different means to um, take money from the citizens, but yet the citizens are still struggling? If the president is asking us to maybe liaise with them, uh, support them in the current debt, debt measures they've put in place, let's ask ourselves, Leader needs to lead as an example. At least we plead with the president to at least cut down on the size of ministers. Let's check. There is a single minister who has two or three deputy ministers. And we all know how much these ministers and deputies are earning a month. Yakub, you use the word, you plead with the minister. If you plead with the president to, to do X, Y, Z. If you, the president is your employee. As in, you employed him. I just wonder whether using the word "I plead with the president" should be something that we we accept. Um, you know, in Ghana, the constitution is being imposed on us to the extent that you can't get whatever you desire from the president. Unlike we here in South Africa, that the, like the citizens can just even walk straight into the president and tell them what they what they expect from the president. So in Ghana, it all boils back to pleading. You understand? At the end of the day, they tells you no. Like, um, um, the president has a mandate to govern the country for four years. 
So the best thing that we can do is to take him out at the end of that four years. South Africa, a president can never, or such thing can never happen. That is why they did to table in Becky. Mbeki couldn't finish his term in office. They took him out. Um, Zuma came in. He was only left with a year. So they, they said corruption is high in the country. They took him out. Even currently, Ramaphosa is facing vote of no confidence and impeachment, which is being tabled against him. Yeah, I mean, that, that, we, we that, that know will never happen in Ghana, by the way. I mean, that's just a dream. That is the kind of country we are coming from. You understand? So if we have such a loss in the country, surely by now the president could have been unemployed. And we could have had a better country. But the interesting thing, and, and, and Yaku, thanks, stay with me. But the interesting thing that, that a lot of the provisions that he talks about, impeachment, this is in our constitution, right? I mean, vote of censure, that what they just tried. It's in our constitution. I mean, um, the, the thing is, is the, uh, let me bring you in, um, Kuku. Kuku, so you, you, you live and work in the UK, uh, visiting mm-hmm. Ghana. We have a parallel situation of two economies that at one point in the last three months had a crisis, right? I mean, I don't even want to call the UK one a crisis. It was, it was, it was it, that crisis would have been now heavy. But yet, they swiftly sacked the finance minister. Within days after that, they he resigned. He, he, well, he resigned. I mean, he was going to go. I mean, there was no way. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, that was just a way yeah. of saving face. Within a few days later, the prime minister is following him, you know, down the door. Yeah. But what is it about the British? And the Ghanaian that we're so different in the way we approach our leaders. Um, um, when you say it's, um, it's a parallel situation, I think you, you, you may have heard there. Um, they have very different statutes in the UK concerning, you know, um, such things. And in Ghana, we have, um, very different statutes concerning, um, the, the, the removal of any, any any sort of person in power. But before I go on to that, I just want to say Gideon. It's Gideon, right? Evans. E- Evans, Mr. Mentor. But, um, no, it's just Evans. It's just Evans, yes. yeah. <laughs> but anyone who voted or who, who says that um, the main responsibility should be that of... The citizen. The, 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 no, the, the politicians. Okay. Has taken on a very, very flawed, flawed, flawed concept. Why? Because they've just agreed that the responsibility of failure at at any sort of um, um, organization or institution, when when the the employees fail, should be the, the responsibility of the failure should be on on the 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 um, um, employ, Employee, em, employers em, rather, employer, yeah. and and that makes. Absolutely no sense. But, but when, of course, but you employ the person. So if the employee is failing, you, you should take ultimate responsibility. Yes, as you, you should take. Also, that's why I'm saying. Okay. Ghanaians have to take responsibility. Okay, as the employer right now, because, and then let's ask ourselves: How many Ghanaians even know that they are they are the employer? Yeah, well, have we been educated to know that we are the employer? And so, as uh, when we speak about docility, we have to. Yes, in fact. We are very docile, but we, we have to go way, way deeper into it. Have we been trained to be proactive people? Do we go through an education that pushes us to be proactive? Now, of course, all of us have gone through some sort of education till we got to this point. Okay, let's ask ourselves. Um, is there any sort of political consciousness that we go through when we go through school? Are we taught our rights? My brother just spoke about our rights in school. Um, how many Ghanaians even know their basic rights? And then to go even even on to 
knowing about the system and knowing where they are and where they could, where, where, what's, what's their, their, their importance is in this system. How many Ghanaians even know about that? And so, f- yes, you could say there's a balance between the rules of the, the, the politicians and, and the docility of the citizens, but then you'd have to say that it's the docility of the citizens that takes precedence. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I guess it, you're right. I mean, because if you go back to the UK example, um, <clears throat> Liz Truss knew that he, she would be punished. Yeah, she knew. Um, she knew if, if she didn't strike a deal for Kwesi Kwate to leave. She knew. Uh, but here, a politician, no, I will get away with it. The guy has it. I mean, let, let me come to you, Nana, because Nana, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. You, together with um, Fix the Country, mm-hmm. started this new movement mm-hmm. of activism, yeah. trying to get ordinary Ghanaians, you know, colleagues on social media to, to, to sort of become a force. It's dissipated completely. Is it a factor of our docility, or this is just something else? I know it's a combination of a whole lot of things. I mean, you know, a lot of things transpired after we broke away from Fix the Country. You remember, we in the Economic Fighters League said we want to organize ourselves as a, a political body, you know, to give our, our platform to people, well-meaning Ghanaians who would want to, you know, come into government and or come into politics and, you know, do something, you know, beneficial for us. So just by that press conference, you know, we had issues and we had to go away. And then you know what, whatever happened subsequently. You know, some people even said they wanted to go and demonstrate with guns and all. And, you know, it turned into something else. And I think there is one thing playing on the minds of Ghanaians. Ghanaians don't want another Jerry John Rollins. Mm-hmm. You know, that man wasted... I, I think that there's a consensus around that. Yes. He wasted Absolutely. 19 years of our time for no reason. Absolutely, yes. And, and another thing is also that we agree that we want something to, should ha- something to happen. But we are also mindful of the way that we want things to happen. Come on. Evans, we are in 2020. You don't expect people in 1957 or 1962 or even 1992 how they used to think and reason. You don't expect us to reason the same way. In fact, we have social media and all. And we know, we know what we want. We know we don't want a repeat of, you know... Um, JJ Rollins all over again. So, so let me ask you a question. I think Mohammed started as well. I'll come back to him to expand on that thought based on what you've just said. So, what is the best form of activism then in this current climate that now, we have? From my experience, from what you know, I have seen, I think the Ghanaian, the ordinary Ghanaian, should be educated as to what we have to do collectively. I always say this if someone says he's taking you somewhere, and he's not able to let you envision or show you the exact place the person is taking you and how he intends to take you there. That person is a liar. And that is what we've been having from subsequent governments. They come, they only preach to us, you know, um, fiction. And we only imagine it. But they don't tell us how we are going to do it. Yeah, and, 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 and this is the same thing, you know, we had with the demonstrations. I don't think the Ghanaian, the ordinary Ghanaian is dosa. You know, I mean, Nkrumah said it. Nkrumah said that the Ghanaian is not timid. Even though we, I, we are I, slow I, to really? act. Really? I don't think many people would disagree no, with you. No, no, we are not timid. timid. Once we understand what we are doing, the, the Ghanaian man is willing are to you, die okay, for so whatever. Let, let me challenge you on that. Yes. Are you saying that yes. this current economic crisis, the yes. pain, the Ghanaian, don't, they don't understand. They don't understand. They, 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 don't, they don't understand. They don't even understand what is happening. Okay, let, let, let's go, let me go around the table and see whether people agree with what yeah. the, the, the position you're holding. I mean, <laughs> um, Akins, what, what do you say about that? 
Yes. Um, Evans, can you hear me? Now? I can now, yes. Yes. Um, I think that um, various panelists have made their point. Clearly, um, the Ghanaian citizen or the ordinary Ghanaian man on the street um, is not comfortable with, with whatever that is happening in respect to our economy. Um, I am I am happy that um, for once um, the government have accepted that you know things things are not well. The most important thing, and I would agree with my brother, is that you see it is not as if the Ghanaian people or the Ghanaian man or woman there is timid. No, I mean Ghanaians are very brief, and the most important thing is that the Ghanaian man or woman must have a cause. For an action, yeah. and yeah. so if yes, the economic crisis, they are they are they are full increments here and there. But if the Ghanaian man or the Ghanaian woman out there is seeing some hope or is being given some hope, I think that that person would be able to reason with government or whatever government is in place that okay, let us look at the austerity measures that are being put in place and then let us hope for. You know, tends to be better. But I would want to say that if truly indeed we do not see any hope, I mean, why not? There should be some cause for action if the government of the day is one way or the other not offering any solution or hope that in the next one year or two, um, there, there will be some cushion with respect to our economy. I mean, Mohammed make started up. Mohammed, I want to come back to you because I, I want to spend some time on this. You already make the point that trying to, you know, you know, draw for us what the best way of activism is. How can you get citizens to actually be citizens and not spectators? You say protests and the way to show your activism, but voting and voting wisely, I guess, is, is the way. Expand on that for me. Why, why do you think that's a solution? Because we've been voting for so long, right? As Africans, uh, and in Nigeria as well, and, and in Ghana, but we don't seem to get the outcomes that match all that queuing and the voting, etc. So, so how do you square that off? Yeah, I think the the problem boils down to lack of education. Uh, and then over the years, like you rightly mentioned, we've been voting, but to my understanding, seriously, we've been voting very wrongly. You know, up to date in Nigeria, there is still uh, prevalence of vote buying, there's the prevalence of electoral practices. I don't know about Ghana, but you know it, these are things that are still very prevalent here because we, we don't vote electronically. We have to go out and queue, and then many people seriously just follow parties. I think the predominant parties in Nigeria today is the APC and the PDP. So you know it is extremely difficult that you are from another party that you are going to win any electoral seat. Yes, there's the Labour Party, uh, but uh, being, you know, chaired now by a former member of the PDP, the Peter Obi, who is making wave. But I tell you, it's still a very difficult situation. If Because the money bags and the old politicians are in these dominant parties, they know how to manipulate their ways. They understand that people do not understand their rights. There is a whole lot of poverty that when they share the equivalent of probably five, ten CDs, Around, you know, you go out and vote for them. So I think basically what we need, what I'm, what I think we should be championing is for everyone who is educated in every household. I think thank God now we have like at least a graduate in every household. 
it is i think we should take it as our responsibility as citizens to enlighten our household mm. the importance of voting right you know standing and voting for the right person because i think it's long overdue in africa in nigeria let me limit to nigeria that we've been voting the very wrong personalities seriously uh, i don't want to even talk about president buhari because you know, seven years ago when he came, or more than seven years ago, he was crying after losing the elections for about three times. And today we see the opposite. You know, you know, so many things wrong with the country. We are, we are, we are the 13th crude oil explorers in the world and we still import oil. We have four refineries across the country without dropping one single drop of, uh, of petroleum. We still import. In fact, there is first scarcity in Nigeria as I speak, you know, yeah. after, uh, discovering oil in 1959 is so shameful. So, you know, but like somebody mentioned, these are people who are in their 70s, almost 80s. The president now is about 80, you know, and probably the next person that will take over from him is another 70s plus. People that are archaic in thinking, that do not understand modern times. But because they are the money bags, a lot of majority are in poverty. People are bought over to come and vote. Sometimes, because of the crude method that we're still voting, they are, people don't even need to be bought over. These guys write electo- election results. So I think what we needed, like I mentioned earlier, is education, education, and education. And hopefully we'll get it right. Okay, so Solomon, do you agree with that? That that is really at the heart of this. Um, that Ghanaian is simply not educated. And in, yeah. everything you said in Nigeria really applies. <laughs> I mean, the money box is here. People will vote for you if you just give them five, 50 CDs today. Go and queue. They will queue and they will possibly even put their lives on the line because of that single mon- amount of money. Isn't that really the heart of the problem? That the politicians know this. And so when they come to power, they've bought you. Why should they care about you? They, you, you they, they've bought you already. They didn't win because of the quality of the arguments, they won because of the depth of their pockets. Solomon. Solomon, please unmute for me. I can hear you. Okay, I may have lost him there. But, uh, uh, Kuku, let me come to you on that point. That, that is really where this is, is it not? Um, yeah, that's where it is. And um, I, But I would disagree with um, voting being the best form of activism because there could be a point where there would be no appropriate person to vote for and whoever would be standing or all those standing would not be appropriate for the role and then you would need proper street activists to go on the streets at that time and those people need political consciousness to be able to do so um but docility it's something that we cannot run away from so long as we we there are some questions that are asked and and there's a deficiency in terms of understanding that then you know there's a there's a problem. So with docility, for example, um with, with uh the Ghanaian docility, um I would say yes, we do need education, but there's another point uh that has to do with our docility, that is our culture. Now um, in Ghana, unfortunately, our leaders have somewhat become elders too. Yeah. So automatically when you become a a political leader, you become an elder. That's because in our cultures most of the people that lead are much elderly people, you know. And so we've mistaken that cultural understanding of leadership to be the same legal understanding of leadership. And, you know, there's, there seems to be some sort of clash. And until people are educated about it to understand that, hey, this person is your employee. He is not to be, uh, this, he or she are not to be seen as 
um, an elder in society, as you would you would do so culturally, when you go back to 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 wherever you're from, this person is supposed to be seen as somebody who you're taxed to pay to 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 carry out a certain function, and if they are not carrying out that function, you're supposed to do something about it as a citizen. You're supposed to do something for your country. So. I'm sure you you you, you did we your. We haven't been taught how to, so that is the problem. How? You see, the politician has created the same problem, and the politician is the beneficiary of the problem because we are tasking the politicians to educate our children. So we have year in year out, we have people graduating from the University of Ghana, you know, with first class, second class in political science and stuff. And how many of them do go into active politics? They don't even understand governance. So it has to do with the education. I don't think these parties are going to train you or educate you to be very powerful, civilly active enough to come and, you know... Um, Challenge them. Yeah, Challenge yeah, 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 yeah. Because they want to get away with everything they are doing. Yeah. Like I said, whatever thing is happening in this country is a crime scene. The economic model they are running, debt financing, you don't do that. That is crime. Because Ghana is a very, very, very resourceful and wealthy country. Year in, year out, even we do trade surplus... We do trade surplus, even with oil. We export more than we import. So how can such a country be struggling when the dollars that we even need as a country to go and import the, the goods that, you know, we, we can, we, we, we have substitute here, but we have chosen to, you know, run, run an import-based econ- country or economy. Yet the dollars that we need to import, we export more in the name of gold, oil, and cocoa, and many other things. So we don't have trade issues. Those that are having the trade deficit are the Englands and the America and the, all those people. But what? They have the dollars. And we have to go and borrow dollars to come and spend in this country, which is a very wrong economic model. So the thing is, we don't have that education to see through it, to know that, hey, the kind of economic model you are running is so wrong because we need food, we need jobs, and we don't need dollars to get all these things because we have gold. If it is food that we need, can't we take our um, um, even crude oil? Can't we exchange crude oil for raw? Well, the, 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 at least the, the uh, vice president is doing something. It's a very the... wrong move. Ah, but you said they should exchange. This is the same no, no, We have crude. Why yeah. do you exchange gold? That's... When you can yeah, even gold hold... is another you raw see, material we have. When you know the history of money, then you know money has always been gold and not the fiat currency paper that they are they are they are, they are confusing us with. Stay with me. Let me get A King's quick thoughts on this. A, A King's. So I want to come back to the point that Kuku made, um, and but that Mohammed started. What's the best form then of citizen activism in these times? Is it waiting to vote or protest? And and I I, I asked that knowing that this president, current president, I, I think the the most effective activism that brought results is, is Kumi Perko, right? I mean, I mean, in my time, oh, I remember. The, the I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they, they will hear the streets. Times and, have changed. I mean, but, but, but still, I mean, which, which protest since then had led directly to any direct you know, change? I was making a point. I was trying to say that it's about time. You know, we are 2022, Gen Z, Gen Z children, yeah, so, and we have different minds. So we have to know the, 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 we have to revise our move. What move? I, I think the I African think situation heard, no. is different from any other. No, but what move? Yeah. Or the Ghanaian situation. Then but we, we have the royalist system. Ours is not like any other place in, in, in Ghana. And the royalist system, they stu- even though their, their powers have been limited, they still have power to, to some extent. Where's the royalist? What, what do you mean? The chiefs. They are the ah. colonial powers. Oh, I see. So, but we, we, we should do activism through the chiefs? 
Of course, we can petition them. The loss of Ghana oh, recognizes our customary that's laws. A, that's a very radical proposition. Yes, I never thought about the that. The loss of Ghana recognizes the customary laws. Which, 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 which is, you know, limited to certain communities. Like, uh, I, I take myself, I, I am an Ashanti person, an Ashanti tree person. But, but, but yeah, let's challenge that because I have a few, but I want people to comment on yeah. that. Um, Akins, what, what do you say about the best form of activism? He says, use the traditional system. Um, Kuku says, you, you know, sometimes protest is best. Mohammed says, wait till you vote. Well, what, what do you stand? You know, I think that the best form of protest to me, um, it's, it's of activism is about protest and you know constructive criticism and coming together as a people. You see, picking issues one by one and hitting it with fact, debating it with available fact, and demanding for specific things. You know, you in your remarks where you know um, fix the country came, you had some people, you know, youth activists coming together that they wanted to you know, protest using guns here and there. You know, when you go with that tangent, you 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 find out that there are other people that are going to disagree with you when you go on that tangent. But when you have a group of people, a group of activists who pick issues on, actively debate it, propose solutions and alternatives, I think that, and demand from, from people in power, okay, that these are the problems that we have. These are the solutions that we are proposing, and we feel that these are what we feel you should be doing. I think that that is the best way that we can move on as a country, and also reorient our mind that the era of Aluta here and there, ban things here and there, threatening government here and there, has is one way or the other shifting away. It is it is ending. We are moving to an era where we need to debate our, 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 our old men as we play. We need to debate people in power. We need to offer alternative and viable solutions to them and tell them that these are our solutions and we think that as youth or activists, these are the proper ways we need to implement to ensure that we, we, we are on the path of positivity in terms of our economy. I mean, Kuku, you, you, you can't disagree with that. Yeah, I can't disagree. I think that's the best way to go. Um, at the end of the day, after voting, whoever has to carry out their function, the function that you voted for them to, 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 to go and carry out. And so we definitely need people to, to sort of supervise them or to be the eye of the people. Because obviously, you know, you know, uh, my brother was talking about very technical things. Not everyone in Ghana is going to understand the trade surplus and all those kind of things. No, of course. So we're going to need activists, people to speak on behalf of the people. And that's the best way to go after voting. You could vote for a good person today and they could turn out worse than you could, you would believe. Yeah, quickly. The problem we have in this country, eh? the problem, we want the same problems to give us solutions. The problem is MPP and NDC. And these people are the ones that frame the constitution. And there is a problem wrong with the constitution. You know, there is no law in the constitution that mandates MPs to go back to the constituents and deliberate on issues with them before they... So that's what I've heard you say, amend, you do amendments to the constitution. But how the who's going to do the amendment? Uh, the politicians have the power to do so. Do you expect them to do it? No, but, 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 but that's why, that's the point that A. Kings and Cuckoo keep making that if if the if 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 we take the activism mantle mm-hmm. just through activism and then maybe protest and, and argue with them again they will, will force them to do i mean the, the president forced you, you, you won't for a, a you former military them. man who was a president oh, to abandon was, vat you remember 2020 elections yeah about nine people died mm-hmm. 
what what has happened to that? Well, the, the IGP gave an update today. Um, what has happened to that? You know, but but by the way, this is a conversation. Look, Mohammed, um, thanks for connecting. You started this this off uh, with, so it's right for you to end it, uh, and end it by telling me. So you say voting is the right thing, but educate the people to be to be educated so they can make informed choices. So once you voted, you have to wait at least four years or five years, depending on where you are. Um, so what happens in in that gap if the person you voted for isn't you know doing the job you assign him to very quickly? What would you do? Oh, I may have lost Mohammed there. I wanted to to wrap it up for me, but listen, um, Mohammed, you there? Okay, uh, Nana, are you hitting the streets anytime yeah, soon? You know, with the voting thing, under normal circumstances, eh, voting would have been the right thing to do. But on the back of this current constitution, I don't think voting would, would, would really um, yield any results to any party no, but, outside the status. St- no, but, but as they've said, if you vote wisely and informed and educated, mm-hmm. you, you, you would. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. So, what if in 2024, maybe we have a third force? Or a new force. Let me put it that way. A new force. Mm-hmm. And we vote. And maybe the polling station, you won at the polling station. But in the coalition room, it turns out that some other, you know, somebody from the other divide won. Are you going to go to the um, um, the, the, the Supreme Court? Yeah, but that, those are, those are what, that's, that's what the law says you should do. So what, what you do you do. think you can go through and win and everything? They will just declare you winner and then hand over power to yeah, you. Yeah, but if you can prove and then, and then you, that, that, that's, that's a system we have. So to, to, to govern over these same 275 MPs from the NDC and the MPP? Yeah, put yourself Do you expect up. them to pass bills for you? But put yourself up and let the people decide. I mean, give them an alternative. I mean, it won't work. It's something that is not going to work because these people, they understand the constitution so well and they know how to operate. Are these people not the same people that will push us to go and demonstrate outside, like in the streets? Hmm. And then find the, poli- the police to, you know, I, round I, us I, up I when mean, we I do think that. one of the things I'm taking from all of you is that um, they will continue to take us. You know, for granted for a while until exactly until, until so that the, is why I am the saying education I am saying that the laws of this country recognize the traditional powers. Yeah, but their that, powers were only limited. But, but, but not that, taken away from them. But but that's a very radical proposition. Uh, well, you don't expect us to do play by the rules of the book. They want us to think within the box, and we have to think outside the box. How do we think outside the box? It's by petitioning the the paramount chiefs or all our traditional to chiefs to do what. That they should they should come and uphold, help us uphold our traditional, our natural rights, because they are the the, 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 the traditional <laughs> very, leaders. Very interesting. Yes, proposition. yes, but, 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 but I mean, but I like the point you made mm-hmm. that we we shouldn't we should not keep doing yeah, the same things and expect and expect you know uh, different results. Anyway, let's connect. Thank you very much. We'll return yeah, to this again um, down the line. Uh, Kuku, uh, Nana, Kings, Mohammed from Nigeria, Solomon, and Yakub. I don't know many of you have been uh, connecting on social media as well. Uh, keep the conversation going. Do the rest of the evening.